The Winnipeg Jets might be doing some shopping for another player or two, and there are a lot of teams that could help the Jets right now. Let's talk about who the Jets might target and what it'll cost on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started and learn more. Now, like I said, on tonight's episode, we're going to be focusing on a main topic, talking about the Jets. Uh, obviously, the Sean Monahan trade has addressed one big hole with Winnipeg, and uh Let's just say that I think we're going to start seeing some revisionist history with that trade because Monahan might finally be finding his footing with the Jets and with like four goals in his last two games, suddenly it feels like the floodgates may have opened. Now, he's not going to keep scoring like this forever, right? Make no mistake, Monahan's probably going to be, you know, a good second line option and he's not going to be potting like two goals every other game. But, you know, in terms of a guy who is starting to uh, really fit in on the power play and perhaps may find a little bit of even strength ability here and there, you know, that's always good. I think, you know, Monaghan cost the Jets a first rounder and potentially a conditional, what was it, like a fourth rounder in the far future uh, if the Jets were on the cup or something like that. So obviously for Winnipeg, it's basically just a late first. And if that's the case and that's what the Jets, you know, end up uh, paying for him, he actually might have been really worth the value, right? I know that when he was traded for, uh, a lot of us, and myself included, kind of expressed some skepticism. Um, with Monaghan, right, he didn't have to do a ton to be worth the pick itself, and that was never really the problem with the trade. The concern might have been more like, okay, now that the Jets don't have a first rounder, you're going to have a harder time trying to make a deal happen if you're looking to target another big player. But it feels like the Jets might be looking more at some value additions. This is what they did last year. They might be trying to do that again this year. And uh, if that's the case, right, there are plenty of targets. I think the Jets can still aim a little bit higher because uh, it sounds like a lot of teams are not super high on this draft, which means that the difference between Winnipeg's first rounder and their second rounder from Montreal might not actually be all that far apart. So if teams evaluate those picks as being relatively close together, then the Jets still have a pretty sizable asset that they can use to bring in another player, perhaps somebody, you know, on a rental basis, or if they start to add a little bit more, maybe a, a longer term pickup. But Let's start off with the Ottawa Senators. This is a team that the Jets have been in contact with or at least have scouted over the past couple of months. I think any sort of trade that happens with this team is probably not going to happen anymore. I think the only player the Jets might have really been interested in is Jacob Chikrin. Um, <clears throat> other than Chikrin, you might have also looked at Matthew Joseph. Joseph would probably be a little bit more than the second round pick. He's got some term left. 
He's signed for about a little under $3 million. Uh, Jakob Chikrin, uh, I think I mispronounced his name earlier. Uh, Chikrin would be probably the most expensive and most prized asset. Chikrin's really good. Uh, he would be an immediate top four upgrade for the Jets, and he would also give Winnipeg a, a nice, versatile offensive blue liner, blue liner who could probably upgrade uh, on Pionk. Pionk, I think, has really shown the last couple of games where his limitations are, and we already knew what they were, right? It's not a surprise with his game and what he struggles with, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, his position could probably be up for up for play. You know, Nate Schmidt also on the docket. I think between the two, obviously, the Jets are going to choose to part with Nate first. I think, you know, Pionk is very much beloved by the staff. They seemingly promote him on a routine basis. Even if the evidence suggests that might not be the best idea, Winnipeg still goes with it anyway. So uh, it is what it is. Like, you know, the Jets are going to have their favorites. And I've just sort of learned to accept it to a point because me yelling about it isn't really going to change anything, right? But I can still at least talk about whether it's an efficient use of ice time and whether it makes the most sense for the roster. And so you know, if the Jets were able to find a way to perhaps turn uh, Pionk into Chikrin for the right package, I'd be very interested in that. Even doing that with Schmidt would be fine with me. I think on a personal level, I would be unhappy for both players because I like both of them. Uh, whether I think that they're like phenomenal on the ice, kind of irrelevant. You know, I think in this case, just talking about it from a personal perspective, both guys are really good players, both uh, good dudes seemingly, and uh, it's going to be a tough loss for the locker room. So whoever you trade them for has to really be, you know, a great player. And Chikrin would probably fit that bill. I've seen some Jets fans talking about uh, Vlad Tarasenko. Um, for my money, I would stay very far away from Tarasenko. You know, Vladimir is not what he used to be. And while he is, you know, still a, a, a potent finisher at times, I think the high-end scoring ability that he used to have is, is probably sapped up. And in terms of his defensive impact, he's not much different than Kyle Connor. So uh, in terms of what the Jets would have to give up for Tarasenko, he's already got a no-trade clause, so you'd have to ask him to waive anyways. And I just don't really think it's it's worth the uh, it's worth the effort, right? Winnipeg is better off looking in the margins. I think the Jets already... Um, are looking at better players. I can't really see a scenario where Tarasenko would even wave to come to the Jets in the first place. So let's cross him off. I don't think he really fits what the Jets need. I'm not that interested in him. And uh, I feel Winnipeg would probably be better served looking at other players, especially from a team like, say, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, apparently, the Jets and Flyers are scouting each other again. They keep doing this dance every few weeks, and it seems like it's intensifying again, which if that is the case, maybe the Jets are a little bit closer to making a trade with them than we we might think, right? So uh, there's a lot of players on this roster that I would say the Jets would be interested in. Um, we've talked about a couple of them in the past. We'll evaluate a few more and whether they really make sense for the Jets in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorites, uh, including guys like Steph Curry, teams like the Lakers, and so much more with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. I'm not a basketball fan, but I know a lot of you probably are. Uh, you might be Raps fans. I, I don't really follow basketball all that much, but I know a couple of big stars. I've probably just named most of them other than Jokic and a few others. LeBron, obviously, you know, I, I, I followed them in the playoffs. Giannis, I, I watched his championship run. That was pretty fun. 
But uh, even if I'm not that invested in basketball, I can still win big because FanDuel allows you to bet on all the action and stay up to date with the latest and greatest hot, or, uh, in base or basketball action, which is great for a lot of you who are, are big fans. This is a great time for you to really flex your knowledge and show that you really love the NBA. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot because you might hit more than a few threes. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. While we're at it, I also wanted to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And obviously, those of you who have ever done job hunting, you know that having the right service that matches you to great candidates is a, a bit of a challenge, right? Uh, for me, who was looking for work a while back, Indeed made it very easy for me to apply. And, you know, for those of you who are employers looking for workers, they do all of the busy work. They take out all of the struggle. They do. Uh, they'll help you do scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And, you know, they offer a ton of great tools. They also deliver high quality matches. So you're not just hiring average candidates, right? They want to give you the best possible candidates that actually match your specific job qualifications. They often have uh, tons of different little keywords. Um, and, and of course, their resume service and matching will find the highest quality applicants who really fit what you're looking for. So join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on LockedOn Winnipeg Jets. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of LockedOn Winnipeg Jets, part of the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode as we are checking in uh, on some trade stuff, some trade rumors. And obviously the Jets, uh, according to John Lou, they might actually be still in the trade market, which I think we all knew, right? No one's really surprised by that. The Jets are probably looking for an upgrade somewhere. And I don't think we should really view that as particularly newsworthy in the usual sense. But what is newsworthy, I guess, is that the Jets and Flyers keep flirting and scouting each other. We'll talk about who the Jets might be interested in in just a moment. Before that, though, I wanted to shout out a really cool thing the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app and YouTube. Now, circling back to the Jets, right? I just mentioned that the Jets and Flyers might be flirting a bit. They might be uh, in conversations or they're at least scouting each other. And for the Jets, that's an interesting one because the Flyers might have the best fit for players that would actually help the Jets right now. They've got a number of different kinds of players, too. You've got Nick Sealer on the back end, who's a relatively physical D on a pretty cheap contract, you know, 775K, basically league minimum. Um, and uh, in terms of a guy who could be a potential like third pairing player, he's fine. I don't know that I'd really be uh, excited about his acquisition. I think the Jets really should aim higher if they're going to trade for a blue liner. I think Sean Walker, if you're going to go for a rental D uh, from the Flyers, would be my choice. Now, 
Is he the best option on the whole market? It's debatable. I think Chris Tanev, for what the Jets probably are looking for, might fit a little bit better because Tanev is a more defensive presence, and we all know that the Jets like to have one defensive and one offensive partner uh, for each pairing. So I think Tanev would actually be a nice upgrade for the Jets' top four. I don't know how they would exactly split that because I would imagine you'd get Morrissey Tanev, maybe uh, Dylan Pionk, and then probably Sandberg DeMello, which I don't know if I love all of those combos. Uh, Dylan Pionk has had some up and down issues recently, thanks to uh, Pionk kind of having his own troubles. But, you know, in terms of having at least a couple of pairings that would probably give you some big shutdown performances, probably about as good as, you, as, good as you're getting. Uh, the only issue is that offensively, I think you might be stifled a bit because like Morrissey is probably the most active blue liner out of that whole group. And he doesn't have a lot of offensive support. So it's questionable. I think Walker would probably give you a little bit more puck moving ability, whether he's as defensively resolute as Tanev is, is debatable. So, you know, you're going to give and get, right? That's sort of the exchange. You're going to have to accept that maybe Walker isn't as good as one thing if you want him to be a more creative playmaker. And the Jets could probably do with that. Up front, you know, the Jets might be looking at a couple of players. Uh, the biggest one and the biggest prize, I would say, is going to be Travis Konechny. Now, I love Konechny, and I think he would be a super fit with the Jets. He's an absolute pest. He's a menace with the puck. He's got a great shot. He's super skilled in space, and uh, his passing and vision are top-notch. He's a phenomenal player. The only thing with him is that he's, he's got another year on his contract, so uh, he'll be an expensive addition, and the Jets would probably have to part with, like, a Barlow and a package uh, involving some pretty decent prospects slash picks and a roster player. Now, if you're the Jets and you're thinking that the next year and a half is your window, then just do it, right? Um, if there's any chance that Konechny is actually available, the Jets would be crazy not to investigate it. I don't know that he's necessarily in their price range, but if the Jets can find a way to do it without touching uh, any of Salomonson, Rucker, or Lambert, I'd be very in favor of that. If they do have to touch one of those prospects, which they probably would, um, yeah, that's a really tough one. I think McGrordy is probably one of the only ones the Jets would refuse to trade outright, but maybe they would be talked into one of Salomonson or Lambert. For my money, I, I think I'd probably be a little bit cautious if you're doing that, but also, by the same token, you've got to pay up to get some really talented players. Um, and if you're the Jets, right, uh, adding a Konechny could be a huge game-changing presence for both your 5v5 play and your power play. So a lot to consider, but uh, I've heard the Jets were also potentially thinking about Scott Lawton a little bit. I would say just pass uh, $3 million per uh, season for the next couple of years. For a guy who's like a fourth-line center, not really worth it. Apparently the Flyers were asking for a first plus. No, just stay, stay away. It's not really worth it. Um, there are better players for the Jets to target, and we'll probably talk about that on a future episode because there are still some good targets out there. And with Winnipeg only solving one major hole with Monaghan, there's still plenty for them to potentially upgrade. So again, stay tuned. We'll talk about more of that over the next few weeks. We're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline, and uh, obviously the Jets are likely still in the market for at least one or two more upgrades. But I wanted to talk a little bit about internal upgrades because it sounds like the Jets might be looking at a few options from some of their prospect ranks. We'll talk about who might make sense and why they would fit this Jets team. But before we go any further, I wanted to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your vehicle alive. 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has your back. With over 122 million parts guaranteed to fit your number one vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that sweet victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about uh, the Jets trade-up options and potentially some upgrades that Winnipeg might be looking at. Uh, we've only talked about you know Philadelphia and Ottawa. Obviously, there's a few more teams that I think would make sense for the Jets to potentially discuss terms with. Uh, but of course, you know, there's plenty of time to get to that, and the Jets still have a few weeks before we roll into the trade deadline. But until then, let's talk about internal upgrades because the Jets have suggested that they might be looking at some guys on uh, the or in the system rather than going externally, which I'm going to say right off, I don't know how I feel about that, partly because uh, you need to have players that Bones is going to trust, and he's not going to trust the kids. I think he's proven that time and time again with how he uh, holds certain players to certain standards and perhaps holds other guys to different standards, which is very frustrating because you run into a situation where, you know, let's take Ehlers and, and Perfetti, for instance. They've struggled recently, but I think it's partly because they don't play well together. And you look at the top line, which is also struggling, but because you have all of your scoring talent uh, pretty much located on one line, they still somehow get away with it because, you know, they might score on the power play or in yesterday's case, we saw Connor score a goal uh, off of a trailing uh, situation. So, you know, they'll do enough to maybe make Bones think that it really works when honestly, it just doesn't work all that well. And it's holding up other parts of the team from really excelling. So uh, for me, you know, internal upgrades always kind of come with a bit of a caveat, especially with this coaching staff. But Assuming that Bones is on board, uh, the two players who are most likely to make a potential impact are Billy Heinola and uh, Rucker McGrory. And I've already kind of written Heinola off because I feel like unless some major injury happens on the back end or somebody gets traded, there's just no roster spot for him. And I don't think the Jets are going to make one unless they make a trade, right? And that seems, uh, as of right now, a little unlikely. The other thing is that Bones probably will not be pleased if the Jets move Logan Stanley or something. He seems to really trust him, or at least on the face of it, he does. I think his deployment suggests that he knows that Stanley's a little bit defensively vulnerable, but because he's big and he gets into fights and he can hit a lot, I guess that's enough to paper over uh, some of his defensive lapses. But for, for Heinola, I feel like Heinola's held up to different standards. And again, it's been a continuous problem with this coaching staff that there's just not really consistency in the way that they judge uh, performances, especially between, you know, some other uh, longer term vets and players that are sort of the newer crop and perhaps the more skilled ones. So um, it is frustrating. It is annoying. And I think if you're a player like Heinola, you're probably thinking about your next team, because I think with the Jets, there's just never really going to be a time when he gets to a coaching staff that's going to give him the role that he deserves. And I think he'll probably go somewhere else and be really good. And it's going to be bad for the Jets because Heinola's puck moving ability, his offensive skill, all of that stuff is pretty top notch. 
Is it as high as when he was a prospect? Perhaps not. I think at this stage, you know, his development curve has probably been hurt by the fact that the Jets really didn't get him into NHL action sooner. Um, and look, you can argue that he didn't always earn his spot, and I think that's a very fair and accurate assessment at times. But then even when he played well, he still got benched anyway. So I don't know what he's supposed to do, right? The dude really can't win. Then he finally looks like he's having a good streak, gets injured, boom, season's kind of screwed from there. So uh, it's tough, right? I think he's probably not going to figure that much into Winnipeg's future plans. I know Chevy has talked about giving him a look, but unless Bones is on the same page, that's probably never happening. Rucker McCrory probably has a bit of a better chance. The thing with McCrory is that he's probably going to get like fourth line duty, and I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to make use of him. He's been tearing it up at the NCAA level. He's been a menace for Team USA, and he's really versatile, right? He's a super smart player. He understands his offensive positioning really well. He's great below the goal line. He's nice around the faceoff circles, and you know his mobility has improved to a level to where if you put him on the right line, you can probably uh, negate some of his weaker skating in favor of that passing, that vision, the forechecking skill, and a pretty powerful release, right? So there's a lot to like with McCrory. The problem, again, that I foresee is that the coaching staff is going to really limit the amount that he plays. And for the first few games, I don't mind that, right? A short spell where he gets used to the pro levels, totally fine with me. But if he starts killing it, right, if he really proves that he can perhaps uh, hang with the big boys a little bit more than expected early on, I would hope that the Jets are not dumb enough to limit him, right? You know, don't don't hold somebody back because you're worried about uh, the roles and whether they're capable of more responsibility. The only way that you're going to find out is just by doing it. And even if McGrory kills it, there's no guarantee that he still doesn't get benched in favor of players like Connor, Shifley, uh, and guys like that. You know, this this team has weird structures when it comes to their line deployments and how they handle stuff, especially with the lead. I've given up trying to understand it. It's frustrating because it feels like it's one of the few pieces that the Jets still don't have nailed down, which is crazy because... In theory, it really shouldn't be that hard for them to solve, but somehow the team has made it a little bit harder for themselves than it really needs to be. And that's kind of the story of where the Jets are at, which is a team that's really good, but has perhaps made life more complicated than it needs to be. But let me know what you think about some of these players. Who are you expecting to uh, make the Jets a little bit sooner than later? Which prospects do you feel might actually make an impact on the Jets roster as soon as this year? Drop your comments and thoughts below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow with a preview of Winnipeg versus Chicago and some more potential trade targets. So don't go anywhere. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, have a great night and go Jets go.